you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm Rhett Lewis, and this is NFL Inside Report. He was asked specifically about Belichick, and obviously he, you know, he's been asked that a lot this week. And he was like, look, this was great early on. This marriage was great. He was a great mentor to me early on. Brady on Belichick, as this week turned to Brady versus Belichick. And then he said, the guys that bet on me, and he was referring to Jason Light and Bruce Arians, like in the yeah. current regime, for the guys that bet on me, he's like, I want to go out there and play good for them. Sarah Walsh sets the scene in Tampa just ahead. Plus, Urban Meyer once coached Joe Burrow at Ohio State. Thursday night in Ohio, Burrow dropped Meyer's Jacksonville Jaguars to 0-4. Cameron Wolf inside Cincinnati's win as the Jag struggles continue. 35-yard attempt, snap, placement, the approach, sweeps the leg, the kick is good! Time is run out! And the Bengals win it to improve to three and one. The Cincinnati Bengals moved to three and one on the season behind 348 yards passing in two touchdowns from second year quarterback Joe Burrow in what was a showdown between the last two number one overall picks. And while Jacksonville quarterback Trevor Lawrence played his best football of the season, it wasn't enough for the Jags to find win number one of the year as Evan McPherson kicked home that game winner as time expired and Cameron Wolf saw it live from Cincinnati. All right. So we had some jungle cats out there on Thursday night, football, Jaguars, Bengals, we had a wolf pack too. We had Colleen Wolf on the pregame and my man, Cam Wolf all day long, getting a set for Thursday night football from Cincinnati and had the lapel to prove it. My man with the, the double wolf, the actual wolf pack on the lapel and look, I know we've we, we got to have some fun with our pal Matt Money Smith. It was a very nuanced take of why you had the wolf lapel, but it's a pretty simple explanation. Yeah, he was going <laughs> for the big swing, the NC State wolf pack, and you know maybe I could align and help him out. But right. <laughs> sometimes you miss the obvious. Last name Wolf, Wolf Pack, it's 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 right there. You know, double wolves. You know, Colleen was there. We're playing up the wolf pack. There it thing. is. That um, was big. But you know, we, we still give Money flack about that a few days later. But yeah. <laughs> He's got a lot of football in that mind. He was going for a real nuanced take on that one. And uh, look, it, the, the simplicity of it was still beautiful, Cam. So way to work. Yeah. Way to work. You've been rocking it all season long. I've taken notice. Don't you worry. Appreciate it. I got it. We were in the green room with all the uh, the crew and they got tired of me and Colleen making wolf puns. <laughs> I can oh. imagine. I can imagine. <laughs> um, hey, man. Hey, look, this was a fun game to watch. And I, I really also took notice of a couple of comments you made. Uh, when we were together pre uh, previewing this matchup before urban Meyer took this job with Jacksonville and knowing he was going to have the number one pick and likely Trevor Lawrence as a quarterback, he called his former Ohio state quarterback and the previous year's number one overall pick Joe Burrow, right? 
Oh, yeah. That was an interesting nugget. I actually spent some time in Jacksonville. So I was trying to do some digging on this. And some people will forget that Urban recruited Joe Burrow to Ohio State. They spent three years there and Burrow just couldn't get off the bench. Dwayne Haskins ended up beating them all out. Yeah. So you assume that Burrow doesn't have the best relationship with Urban Meyer, but that would be wrong. You know, Meyer said their relationship was fantastic. Burrow said they were friends. And Meyer was explaining that they have a lot of charity events that they do together in the cycle in the offseason. And so he he said he ran into him a bunch. And then he, he took this job and he knew he was taking Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. So he comes over to Burrow and asks him. He only asked two players for advice. Alex Smith, who he coached at Utah, and then Joe Burrow. And he's like, hey, Joe. Put my, I'm putting myself in your shoes. You're a rookie quarterback. I'm your coach. What do you want from me? And Burrow gave him two simple advices. He's like, hey, I want a balanced offense, run pass, make sure, and keep me out of harm's way. Don't kill me. And I'm <laughs> guessing only Joe Burrow would know those two things because that's what the Bengals didn't do. For <laughs> right, last year. right. <laughs> so he knows well. So Meyer said that, okay, he put that in his bank and he's tried to use that for Trevor. He mentioned that they aren't where they are wanted to be. Yeah. Last night they did a good job feeding James Robinson. So, you know, after the first couple of weeks of probably struggling in the balance area, it seems like they're getting better the last couple of weeks. Protection still an issue. Um, but you know, you can't find offense alignment off on the street. So I thought that story was interesting. They had a pregame embrace yeah. where, you know, Urban, you know, Burrow was throwing passes and Urban just comes up from behind him, puts his shoulders on him, like, you know, like a dad figure, and they they kind of, you know, give a little hug. But I couldn't help but no think it ain't the the passion between both of them. Yeah. Both of them wanted that win badly. And obviously Burrow got it, but right. Urban was certain after the game. <laughs> yeah, I, I let's take that from both sides here um, with the Bengals win and Burrow getting the win. Man, watching that locker room scene that the Bengals have put out now. And a guy who just took over in the second half, our quarterback, they couldn't stop him. 25 of 32, 350 yards. Getting this time, TV and the crew diced them up. It feels like this is so much his team, like just a clear leadership vibe. Do you get that from Burrow in, in this Bengals team, Cam? Oh, absolutely. It's funny during the week. And we've probably heard it before, but people always talk about Joe Burrow swag, right? Yeah. And swag just such a relative term. Like, you know, what what does that look like? And and I was talking to Tyler Boyd before the game, and he was like, I can't describe to you what it is. You have to feel it. Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. Couldn't go to war with a better group of men. Talk to him. We're going to keep fighting through adversity. It's not going to be perfect every time. We're going to keep pushing through that shit. We're just going to keep getting better and better and better and stacking these games. And that's exactly what you're talking about. Like, feel it. You know, you see it on the sidelines. I was on the sideline at the end of the game. And you see them when they had that big play to CJ Uzama. Burrow gets rid of it quickly. They set up a pick play. Uzama. There he goes. Across the 30. Across the 25. And brought down just outside the numbers along the right side. Inside. 25 yard line and uh you see burrow like fist pumping firing up the guys and, and guys are just getting pumped up on that like that's something small 
but that helps lift your team. And sure. I think you're right. He has command. He checked out of several plays that that uh, that uh, screen pass to CJ was a check by him. And that's something you do when you feel comfortable with this being your team. So, yeah, I definitely think that he's grabbing ownership of this team. And, you know, we had a perspective of the Bengals for a while that was not good. Right. And with Burrow, they can try to change it. And three and one now, maybe we have to look at the Bengals a little differently. Who they? Who they? Who they say gonna beat them Bengals? Who they? Who they? Who they say gonna beat them Bengals? No! I think it's an interesting point. And going back, you know, to that conversation that you were talking about and the advice that Burrow was giving Urban Meyer, you know, about how to build his team around Trevor Lawrence ahead of taking him number one overall. How have you kind of seen the Bengals do that? with Burrow as we've seen the fruits of that labor come to bear somewhat this year, starting out three and one here. I think you got to start with Jamar Chase, right? Burrow floats it, Chase downfield, got him, hit him in stride, and that's what the Bengals needed. You look at the receiver, that's his guy from LSU. Yeah. I know there was a lot of pre-draft conversation, Penny Sewell versus Jamar Chase. There's that funny meme out there where you see him trying to throw the ball to Jamar Chase and getting killed. And yeah. <laughs> when, uh, when when no offensive lineman there is Penny Sewell's out there and he could throw a touchdown to anyone. But I think you have to do what your quarterback desires. And I, from what I understand, Burrow made it clear that, hey, Chase would be someone that I want. And they went and got him. And I think that's something the Jaguars are missing. You've got a lot of really good number two and three receivers out there. But it's something special when you have a number one guy. And, you know, not all Burroughs passes were on point or pretty. But Jamar finds a way to go get it for him. You help the guy out. Coming into that game, he's averaging 20 yards per catch, um, which means he's being a deep threat for him. And so those are things that I think you have to do to build around your quarterback Offensive line is an issue for that Bengals team last year, but they've improved. You know, I I don't know how, because on paper it doesn't look a lot better, but they've improved. And I think those are elements along along with Joe Mixon that help your young quarterback not feel like he has to be Superman, which I feel like Trevor Lawrence feels like he has to do a lot with Jacksonville. I think the true number one receiver is a really good point because that is that is what Jamar Chase is. And that is something that while the Jaguars have some talented pieces in their pass catching core, there's not a true number one. It right. feels like while DJ Chark was playing better, Marvin Jones been around the block. I know that we might see more of LaVisca Chenault now that uh, D- DJ Chark went down with that injury early in that game. So we'll keep, keep following that. And now look at the significance though, of this Bengals win coming off a win at a place where in recent history, they have not won. Not consistently in Pittsburgh, you beat the Steelers. That's the sign of a, an improving team. And then you win a game on Thursday night on a short week that you probably should win in terms of talent roster to roster. That's a sign of a mature team. How does that kind of perspective gauge, you know, what the Bengals have accomplished thus far this season? I thought what was really interesting is they went down 14 nothing at halftime. And yes. it, it honestly probably could have been 17 nothing, 21 nothing. Right. And the only worry I had about this Bengals team coming in is they coming off that big win against the Steelers, right? And there was they weren't sugarcoating that they were feeling themselves after that win. You know, they were yeah. they were still talking about the Steelers Monday, Tuesday. Sometimes you overlook an opponent. And I think that might have happened a lot in the first half. And, you know, mediocre teams, bad teams can't overcome that. You know, you come out flat in the first half, you lose that game. 
And they stuck with, they came out that first draft drive out of halftime and scored. Leaned on Joe Mixon. Joe Burrow made a lot of good passes. Fake the handoff. Toss it to the near side. Caught by Uzama. Makes his move at the 10. Uzama still going. Gets to the pylon for the touchdown. And to me, that that's what shows you a team that's different. And you got the Steelers, to who to me, who are trending completely wrong direction. And the, the Bengals are surpassed them already and now they're trying to stack themselves up with the Ravens and the Browns at the top of that AFC North guys I was talking to all week were swearing to me hey don't sleep on us we can win this division and I'm like all right I mean that sounds nice you know and then you see them win the way they did coming back and you're like maybe we should give them a little bit more respect this was the first quarter of the season and right now we're up seven to nothing and it's a long game. It's a long season. This is a very small part of it, but but it is critical to get this momentum going into a a, a ten day work week against a, a, an opponent who's what been in the last two NFC Championship games. So it was critical to get this momentum going into this. But again, we're just we just finished the first phase of the season, and that's a very small part of what happens. You know, ten wins is that out of the out of the question for this team? Um, and even if it's not an AFC North, that could be a wild card spot. So second year for Joe Burrow, this team looks like it's completely headed in the right direction. Um, which has got to be good news for Bengals fans. Yeah, now you get 10 days, right? Now you get yeah. a few extra days. Hopefully that helps Joe Mixon, you know, with the injury that forced him from finishing the game, right? Um, any other concerns that you've gathered from the Bengals to try to continue this positive momentum as they go forth here uh, in this season? Yeah, obviously Joe Mixon, I think from what I understand, that's an ankle injury. It's an ankle sprain, um, something that's not going to be long term. I don't know if 10 days is, you know, enough for him to get back, but that's probably fancy football holders will have to watch that one going (laughs) down to the buzzer. We will. Uh, But he's the most important piece. But I I think a lot of the guys that they, you know, they were missing a couple key guys this week who I think will be back soon. Jesse Bates, who I think is one of the one of the best safeties in the league. And you could tell Sunday they were missing him. Um, there was times where particularly LaVisca Chenault was getting off in the middle of the field. And that's the area where, you know, sure tackling from Jesse Bates, you know, he he may jump on one of those passes. At the very least, he'll make sure tackles. So you get a guy like him healthy. You get a guy like T. Higgins healthy yeah. um, who didn't play this past week. And that that receiving group is a lot more diverse. We talked a lot about Jamar Chase, but Tyler Boyd went off for 115 yards. You know, Just obviously we really talked CJ yep. five yards and two touchdowns. So if you go three or four deep with that receiver group, I think that's something that that really makes you a dangerous team. And I, I don't even know if Burrow's fully, fully back yet to almost his old self. So maybe yeah. mid season you start to see, you know, really the fullness of of this team. So for me, the the big question there is that cornerback group. Yeah. Um, we saw it, you know, with, with Chido Bayouzier down. They had to play Trey Waynes, who hadn't played a game in two years since yeah. he signed that big contract, and he got exposed a few times. And Eli Apple got exposed too. So, you know, when you see those teams that have those elite receivers better than the Jags, can they hold up at the corner spot? That's probably my biggest question about it. Some storylines we will continue to follow as the Bengals stake their claim as one of the best stories of this early 2021 NFL season. Cameron Wolf, setting us straight. Thanks, Cam. Appreciate you, Rhett. Still to come on this episode of NFL Inside Report. They've been getting those questions like for weeks now. I mean, they were getting it before the Cowboys game in week one kicked off. And it's like now that we're finally here, I think they're just so overall focused on bouncing back from a loss. While the sports world goes crazy over the Brady homecoming hoopla, Sarah Walsh sets a scene full of focus in Tampa.
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. The return. The hello from the other side. The homecoming. Whatever you call it. There will be emotion. There will be tension. There will be excitement over Brady coming back to Foxborough. And from both sides, there is love. And it has not been all lost. As Bill Belichick said in his most open comments on Brady this week, when asked if he could have achieved the same level of success in his career without Tom. I think I've been on the record, I don't know, dozens of times saying there's no quarterback I would rather have than Tom Brady. And I still feel that way. I was very lucky to have Tom as the quarterback for to coach him and down in Tampa there's been plenty of questions along those lines and that mutual respect has been the constant as we learn with Sarah Walsh from Tampa listening to Tom Brady this week is he suffering from Tom Brady fatigue his voice <laughs> I think he is suffering he's from suffering from fatigue about I think Patriots questions right and that has that's not just this week this is going back to to last year but yeah if you're talking about his voice he's got no voice I've had a few of these days I don't know what the deal is so I gotta try to figure this out I said my throat's more tired than my arm imagine that that's not the first time he sounded like that and he's been really hoarse he's like I can get my voice in better shape but he also um <laughs> they've been piping in crowd noise and stuff and he said just because he's been shouting over it he said his voice is more tired than his arm is right now but yeah oh, he, doesn't, he doesn't sound great he he's got <laughs> some work to do to get those vocal cords ready for Sunday I was a little worried I was like oh boy is he yeah. you know is he coming down with a cold here ahead of like the biggest no, regular season no. game of all time yeah <laughs> nobody right. so nobody panic he's okay good he news. just lost his voice how would you assess like his mentality towards, you know, like answering all of these questions about going back to New England? The thing that the, the overriding thing that I've heard is he loved his time there. That's basically the theme that I got. This has been like sort of his thing since last year, every time he's asked about New England. And by the way, there's not a week that goes by. Forget this game. It was even last <laughs> week. There's not a week that there's like not some media member that jumps in and asks him something. And right. his, his Tom Brady response is always, I had a great time there. I have great affection for what happened there and all these years here, but I'm moving on. And I thought it was interesting. He said something today. Um, he was asked specifically about Belichick. And obviously he, you know, he's been asked that a lot this week. And he was like, look, this was great early on. This marriage was great. He was a great mentor to me early on. And then he said, um, but the guys that, that, that bet on me. And he was referring to Jason light and Bruce Arians, like in the yeah. current regime, Jason and Bruce, Ain't them coming into my life and, you know, saying, hey, we really want you to be here. It's been an amazing thing for me. For the guys that bet on me, he's like, I want to go out there and play good for them. So I think he has, look, he, for how long he was a Patriot, right? I mean, he's new to still being right, a Buccaneer, but I think he, yeah. And so I think he's still, I think he has great appreciation 
for this next chapter while looking back at like, you know, I think people want this to be some acrimonious split. And I, and by any means, I don't think it was like, you know, perfect. Right. But he was right. like, that's what it is. Like we had, a, we had a great run. There's, I mean, they didn't have a great run. I mean, they, they had the best run you've ever like heard of. Right. And, yes. and so he looks at it that way and is like, yeah, how do you not be appreciative of that time? But, you know, he's a guy that's looking forward and it's always eyes on the prize. And that prize is yet another Lombardi. So, you know, that's that's also how he views this. Um, I also thought it was interesting. Richard Sherman was asked a really good question by our producer, Anthony Biasi, about, look, you went back to Seattle um, and you were a guy that was just, you know, so entrenched with like what we think of Seattle and that defense. And what was that like for you? And he said it doesn't. He goes, I don't think it's going to hit Tom until after the game. After the game, when he gets a second to take a deep breath and and stand on the on the field after the game and really reminisce, he'll he'll probably have a moment. So if you guys want to catch him, I, I, it'll probably be then during the game and before the game. He'll be in his routine, I'm sure, and he'll just want to want to get the job done. Once he gets the job done, that's when you kind of let your hair down and, and you let your, your emotions fly. Like everyone wants to look at Tom and how's he doing this week and what's he going to look like before the game. He goes, if you want to see emotion out of Tom, he goes, look, watch after the game because this guy is so focused. Nothing's going to throw him, right? He goes, it's not going to be pregame. It's not going to be during the game when that ball kicks. He goes, watch him after the game. And he and he kind of said that today, too. He's like, you know, I'll, I'll get with everyone and I'll talk to everybody afterwards. But, yeah. you know, him, he's all business and, until that clock hits zero. Yeah. So he's got a, so many great friends still in New England, but he's trying to kick their butt this week. I still have a lot of great friends there, but they know I want to kick their butt this week. So they'll, they'll know exactly how I'm feeling once I'm out there. It felt like the the, the biggest like uh, emotion that we saw from Tom. No, uh, talking. that was it. Yeah, that was it, right? That was it. I said that's the most you're getting in terms of bulletin board material. Is that right. statement right there? Yeah, right. Which is like the most innocuous statement of all time, right? I mean, it's like, yeah, of course. <laughs> well, he leaves it to his dad. His dad's the one saying <laughs> stuff. So, which that's which, right. by the way, he said dad has been warned, and that dad will be nice and quiet all week. Is what he told us. <laughs> <laughs> I did see that. I did see that. So what has the atmosphere been like around, let's just say, media availabilities this week in general in Tampa? Has it been different than normal weeks? Honestly, I think it's been a little subdued, right? Because mm. they're coming off a loss. Hell of a week of practice. You could really feel the difference intensity uh, this week. It doesn't have a damn thing to do with Brady. It has to do with losing. And uh like the way we bounce back on the practice field. So they're coming off a, um, a pretty significant loss in L.A. They've had injury issues um, when they really didn't have a ton of injury issues last year. They're sort of juggling that. I think lost in all uh, the Tom Brady return talk is Gronk has been MIA this week. Uh, he has not practiced the last two days because he took a really uh, tough rib shot yeah. on uh, Sunday against the Rams. We did see him come back into the game. And, and I say this too, um, and I said this on the air today, like I don't think it's a we should panic situation because first of all, Bruce Arians gives these guys veteran days off and Gronk is one of those that always gets that. And then if his ribs uh, took the shot that they did, does he really need to be out there? He's probably <laughs> resting up. But I say that just to say we have not heard from Gronk this week and this is yeah. a big homecoming from him. So that's a little bit of a mystery. I, I would find it impossible to believe that you're not going to see him out there since he, we saw him finish the yeah. game Sunday. But that's that's sort of been lost in all this. It's, it's really, I feel like, been sort of a subdued week there. Um, you know, and it's, we've been getting, they've been getting those questions like for weeks now. I mean, they were getting it before the Cowboys game in week one kicked off. And it's like, now that we're finally here, I think they're just so overall focused on bouncing back from a loss. When you have great leadership, very seldom will you ever lose two in a row. 
And uh, I feel like we have great leadership and uh, it's shown on the, in the meetings, the practice everywhere this week. That that's kind of been more their focus, not nationally, but here in Tampa, that's sort of been their focus. Yeah, I would say that uh, th- this was not uh, the, the Bucks losing the week before playing the Patriots. It does not work in the Patriots favor. Here's just another curiosity question. What what is the like the ratio of questions about f- like the actual football that will be played on Sunday compared to the Brady homecoming questions? Have there been any about football? <laughs> nope. <laughs> I would say that <laughs> okay, ratio about is about. Zero. I would say it's about 100 Brady questions to zero. There's an actual game. I take that back. There was a question about Mac Jones to Tom Brady. Like how familiar have you got a chance to watch? Yeah. Brady was like, not really at all. Like kind of, he just shut that down. That's um, it. No, here's, here's the other interesting thing. I yeah. said this yesterday, the unthinkable happened. Tom Brady was overshadowed because there was a Richard Sherman signing this week. Right. So that was all about Richard Sherman. It broke early in the morning that he signed with the team. Here comes Richard Sherman, um, who, by the way, is one of the greatest talkers in, in the right. NFL has ever seen. So he gets out there and like runs this press conference. And so much um, that narrative was about how Tom is basically this recruiter. Like he picked up the phone, told Richard to get here. Richard told his wife, like, hey, Tom's calling me. I got to go. <laughs> I um, and that's basically what he said tampa is like the most aggressive tom's actually called and kind of once he calls it's like you you better come or you're gonna regret not coming you know is what it seems like um so uh once it, it that definitely went into the conversation um and she she was right on board you know i thought she thought this would give me the best opportunity to go um do what i loved and to go play at a high level and, and had a chance at at chasing the trophy and so the, the really that that's kind of taken the focus off of at least for one day. Now it's back to Tom. Right. But that whole Wednesday um, was about Sherman. So you have some other things that are in play here. And I said to the Bucks, like joking around, I said, hey, is this Richard Sherman thing? Just like a, a nice little like mind trick to get everything <laughs> off the great job, guys. Way to go. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. I mean, that's hard to pull off that you made an entire day not about Brady in this week. And that's what they had on Wednesday. That is really interesting. I, I didn't think about that part of it. Here's the here's the question that if I was in Tampa this week, that I would have wanted to pique my curiosity with Tom. Bill Belichick's defense is the only defense he has never played against, right? That he's, yeah. that he's never really seen. Now, he's seen it in some other forms with defensive coordinators that have left the Belichick tree and come over. But like, don't you get a sense that there's an institutional knowledge about it that will help him navigate these waters based on what he's kind of talked in and about? hundred percent. I mean, yeah, he hasn't seen that. He hasn't competed against it for a game that counts, but he's been in that building for 20 years. Right. So if you're telling me that this guy who picks up on everything doesn't pick up on that in 20 years, like I don't, I don't believe that. Uh, yeah. And then I think, you know, and there's been a lot made this week of, well, is this Belichick's offense that's down here in Tampa? Is this, you know, that they just carried it over, but like, it's going to all come down to like executing. Right. And you yeah. have to believe like Tom has this all-star cast of people that he can execute these plays with he's getting Antonio Brown back this week, which is a big deal. Um, it's just a big deal when he's on the field and, and Leftwich said that today. I mean, he's special without the ball in his hands because you have to account for him. Gives us another guy who, you know, is constantly winning out there when he's running routes, a guy that you always want to get the ball in his hands because the unique things that he do with it when he got it in his hands. So he's special before the ball gets to him. He's special once it gets to him. So anytime you have an opportunity to have him out on the grass is better for you as a team.
So there's not really a question that you put this guy out on the field and we just were a better football team than we were last Sunday against the Rams. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that. I wouldn't, I, I would not buy into it all. The fact that like, Oh, Tom has not played against this defense. Like he knows, he, he knows. Not that, not that it's like in a, a sense of like alarm, like he's never done it, but like, yeah. you know, the, the thing that everyone always talks about going up against the, you know, Belichick defense, are oh, they going to game plan? They're going to figure out a way to attack your weakness. And it, like, yeah, he's probably ready for that. So yeah. like that part of the chess match right between him and Belichick is, is really like the most intriguing part of this whole matchup to me. So, um, and then, you know, with Bruce calling the shots, I know there will be no lack of aggressiveness, uh, moving the nope. football down the field here And this. <laughs> so this will be great, man. This will be a great one to watch. And, uh, Sarah, we can't thank you enough for helping us get ready for it. Hey, cheers. I told you I'd bring the coconut drinks yes. down in Tampa. So I'm happy to, I'm happy to casual join this podcast anytime, Rhett. See, that's what I'm talking about here because you've earned it. You and Mike Giardi have earned it this week with the questions. This is where I'm at. Watch. We're not even to Sunday yet. You know what I mean? So think about yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly right. Way to work. Sarah Walsh, everybody. And some reinforcements for Tampa on the way as they head to Foxborough. Bucks head coach Bruce Arians saying the newly signed Richard Sherman will be active at cornerback for Tampa as they deal with a number of injuries at that position. And coming up next on NFL Inside Report, the news you need to know. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. And now, the news you need to know. In Chicago, uncertainty remains for the Bears starting quarterback ahead of their week four matchup with the Lions. Andy Dalton still on the mend from his knee injury and Justin Fields, the rookie quarterback, banged up a bit in his first start a week ago and head coach Matt Nagy saying that uncertainty will continue until kickoff for the Bears this week, calling the Bears week four starter at quarterback a game time decision. Build as one of the best wide receiver duos in the NFL after the Titans traded for Julio Jones this offseason. Now, this week against the Jets, Tennessee will be without both Julio Jones and A.J. Brown as head coach Mike Vrabel ruling both of his wide receivers out of this game. Also in the news, Pepsi, the NFL, and Rock Nation announcing Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, and Kendrick Lamar will all headline at the Pepsi Super Bowl 56 halftime show at SoFi Stadium on February 13th. That, a show built for the stars out here in Los Angeles. And that's going to do it for this episode of NFL Inside Reports. Check back with us on Monday for another episode taking you behind the headlines and inside the highlights that dominated your week for Sunday. For producers Thomas Warren and Tim Parachka, I'm Rhett Lewis. We'll see you next time.
NFL Inside Report is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more official podcasts from the NFL, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.